When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 2218, How to Instantly Calm a Restless Mind, by Richard Patterson of thinklessandgrowrich.com, and I'm Justin Mollick, your very own personal narrator. Hello, old friend. I'm not calling you old. Old stands for Optimal Living Daily, O-L-D, and this is where I narrate the best blogs I can get permission from for you. So on that note, let's get right to another post and start optimizing your life. How to Instantly Calm a Restless Mind by Richard Patterson of thinklessandgrowrich.com. You suffer not because the mind is restless, but because you believe it shouldn't be. Everybody has a restless mind, everyone without exception. It couldn't be any other way. The Indian spiritual teacher Nisargadatta sums up the nature of the mind in the following statement, quote, There's no such thing as peace of mind. Mind means disturbance. Restlessness itself is mind, end quote. The mind is restlessness. Not only is there nothing wrong with the mind being restless, chaotic, messed up, it couldn't be any other way. Mind means disturbance. Expecting the mind to be still and peaceful is like expecting the grass to be pink or expecting water to be dry. Here's the key point. Having a restless mind isn't the main issue. We suffer because we believe there's something wrong with the way the mind is. You suffer not because the mind is restless, but because you believe it shouldn't be. Seeing this can be life-changing. Most people believe they need to fix or change the mind in order to experience peace. I recently had a coaching client, let's call her Mary, who had been trying to fix what she perceived to be her broken mind for years. Like myself in the past, She had spent years going to therapy, reading every self-help book she could get her hands on, attending every seminar and workshop, all because she believed the mind needed to be a certain way in order to experience peace. And like myself, she had never considered the possibility that the mind itself is not the problem, rather the way we relate to it. When she grasped the concept of making peace with her restless mind, her experience was transformed in an instant. She saw clearly that peace is available right now, no matter what is going on in the mind. Peace of mind versus peace with mind. As Nisar Gadada said, quote, there's no such thing as peace of mind. Mind means disturbance. Restlessness itself is mind, end quote. Most people are looking for peace of mind. They believe, as I also did for years, that experiencing peace is the result of having peaceful thoughts. If you suffer from fear, anxiety, depression, or low self-esteem, you will know how hard it is to shake these thoughts off, let alone transform them into still, quiet, peaceful thoughts. You could literally spend the rest of your life waiting for peace to happen, and many people do. There's another far simpler way that requires no fixing and no time. Make peace with the fact that the mind is restless. 
expect it to be restless, chaotic, neurotic, and anxious. See that the mind is just being its restless self. There's nothing wrong unless you believe there is. You'll experience peace to the degree that you're able to accept the mind just as it is, to leave it in peace, to do its crazy dance. Here's a quote from my book, Kick the Thinking Habit. Quote, don't be concerned about the thoughts that come and go. Leave them alone and they will leave you alone. Leave the mind in peace to do its dance and it will leave you in peace to do yours. Don't touch it at all and you'll remain untouched by it, end quote. Don't fire the second arrow. The Buddhists use the expression second arrow to describe how most people unconsciously react to challenging thoughts. Let's use anxiety as an example. An anxious thought or feeling appears by itself in your awareness. The first arrow is self-arising, you don't choose it. The anxious thought then produces an automatic unconscious reaction. This is bad, this is wrong, I shouldn't be feeling this. There's something wrong with me. I need to get rid of it. I can't live like this, I'm a bad person. This is the second arrow. The vast majority of our suffering comes not from the original thought, but from the subsequent commentary about it. The more we resist, the more we suffer. Imagine if you were to welcome the thought or feeling into your experience instead, recognizing that it is just the mind doing its thing, recognizing that it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. This is what is meant by making peace with the mind. It may still feel unpleasant, but when you relax and subtract the notion that there's something wrong, most of the suffering vanishes. This is what the Buddhists mean by pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. The mind is restless, neurotic, crazy, and that's okay even if it doesn't feel good. The best way to tame an angry bull. This is one of my favorite analogies for dealing with a restless and troublesome mind. Let's say you find yourself confined in a small space with an angry bull kicking and snorting, not unlike being trapped inside your head with a restless and neurotic mind. Here's the worst thing you can do in this scenario. You can try to fight him, to force him into a tiny enclosure and tie him up. The more you fight and resist him, the angrier and more unmanageable he becomes. So what's the best solution? Set him free. Give him a huge open field to run around in. Meeting with no resistance, he will quickly run out of steam and settle down. Leave him alone for five minutes and he'll be happily grazing. So how does this apply to the restless mind? Let it be restless. Don't resist it. Don't fight it. Don't try to control it. Let it run free in the vast field of your awareness. Meeting no resistance there, it will soon settle down. And even if it doesn't, in the absence of judgment, it's okay for it to be there. It is far better to encounter a bull at a vast open space than in a tight, confined one. And it's the same with the mind. I remember a time when my thoughts were so intense, they felt like they were glued to my face like a tight ski mask. Maybe you can relate. There was no space between me and the thoughts. Like the bull in the small enclosure, they took up all the space. As you learn more and more to step back and let the mind do its thing without resistance, without getting involved, you begin to meet your thoughts in a larger arena. You realize that the mind's little dramas only take up a small space in the totality of who you are. You just listened to the post titled, How to Instantly Calm a Restless Mind 
by Richard Patterson of thinklessandgrowrich.com. And thank you to Richard. There's a quote in there that I think bears repeating, and I'll definitely put it into my free weekly newsletter as the quote of the week. By the way, if you're not getting that newsletter and want to join for free as a show of support, come by oldpodcast.com and enter your email address for the weekly newsletter section. Richard said, the vast majority of our suffering comes not from the original thought, but from the subsequent commentary about it. That's the source of our suffering, the labels and commentary we make about thoughts, not the actual thoughts themselves. Weird random things pop into our heads all the time, even when we're sleeping. Those are dreams, often bizarre, random images, sometimes for the purpose of preparing ourselves for the worst, but often what seems to be total nonsense. And do we then take that dream and bash ourselves for it or dwell on it? Well, I hope not. It's because those dreams are mostly out of our control. I say mostly because if you can have lucid dreams, then your dreams are in your control, but only for a little while, and then it's back to not being in your control anymore. For more on lucid dreaming, you can check out one of the rare episodes where I narrated my own content way back in episode 50. But anyway, that was a big tangent. We generally don't wake up from a nightmare or weird dream and then assign like a bad label to it and judge ourselves or dwell on it. The dream will usually be gone from our memories pretty quickly. We won't even remember it. And so should unhelpful or negative thoughts. Letting them exist and then gently move on is a real simple solution to many of our biggest problems. So if you haven't thought about this much, I'd definitely consider putting some more thought into this idea because like Richard said, in his words, seeing this can be life-changing. I'll leave it there for today. Hope you're having a great morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever you're listening to this. And I'll see you tomorrow, where your optimal life awaits.